frying your brain. Uh, we have another teacher about to come up to the stage. He's loose. It's his first day of summer. Give it up for Andy Watson. Thank you, Sabrina. Well, uh, people brought up clown school, and actually, I'm a teacher, and I believe in lifelong learning, and last week, I graduated from Rodeo Clown School. They put the little suspenders on me, and the big baggy pants, and they put me in the barrel, and I told my, I, I told my mom this, and she said, Andy, I supported you and all your crazy uh, barber barber shops. She supported supported me singing barber shop and and all the things I've done. And she said, "But I draw the line at clowning." <laughs> and uh, she's scared. Uh, she's a little scared of clowns. And and I think about a, a Chris Rock that where he he uh, worked his whole life to keep his daughters off the stripper pole. <laughs> and my mom has worked her whole life to keep me out of that clown barrel. <laughs> now I think my dad was trying to push me into the clown barrel. He wanted me to go into the family business, show business. He's a fundamentalist preacher. <laughs> By the way, uh, Steve and I talked to a real rodeo clown and he was in a barrel, knocked out by a bull. Uh, got a concussion, and I asked him, hey, have you ever tried stand-up? And he's like, oh, no, I never do stand-up. It's too scary. <laughs> Hello. You've reached another episode of the Cowboy Jeff and Andy podcast. Today, Andy covers Farm Day, a spotlight on agriculture in the Santa Maria Valley. And he also reviews a concert at the Siren in Morro Bay, James Hunter, and a new band, Locals, Los Tranquillos. So it's going to be a great show. So stay tuned. Good afternoon, everyone. I had a great weekend and am anxious to report on Farm Day. I also went to my 40th high school reunion, and it was just so nice uh, to connect with people. The kids are grown, and the cliques have faded away for the most part, and uh, so it was just nice to have some fellowship and also making some new friends and reconnecting. Uh, we all keep in touch on Facebook. I'll tell you, the women looked great, and they also had the benefit of of a little hair color. The men, they were either bald or gray, but we danced to music of the 80s. We did a little bit of the hustle, which was from the 70s. And But it's just so nice to connect with my high school years. I was uh, went to high school in Santa Barbara. Farm Day was on Saturday. Um, Farm Day uh, is a valley-wide event. There were 17 um, farm-related businesses open, and Farm Day is sponsored by SEAG, which is Students for Eco-Education and Agricultural's Mission. I got on the VIP tour. I think it was the VIP tour. It seems like most of the VIPs were in a on a bus, so I was on the self-guided VIP tour. 
but I got to kind of get the lowdown on different aspects of agriculture in the valley. And after this monologue, I'm going to play some of the interviews that I did. I went to Plantel Nursery, where they they uh, they sprout things, and then I went to uh, it was it's a big strawberry company. It's called Rider Affiliated Companies. And I also went to Bonapac, which is over on Stoll on the west side. And boy, they have a large operation over there. On the east side of the freeway, I was noticing that there is a number of new cooling houses and a lot of stuff under construction. Um, so it seems like there's a whole world going on. And if you don't drive east or west, you might miss it. I, I do notice all the trucks coming and and, um, and it was fun to kind of dive in a little bit more about agriculture in the valley. Agriculture in 2022 uh, was one a $1.9 billion industry and it's growing steadily every year. It grew 5% since 2021. Strawberries is our number one crop. Uh, it's about $800 million. Wow. Cauliflower is second with $100 million. And cauliflower has really been going up because of all the people that are on the gluten-free diets. They're getting that cauliflower pizza crust, and that's increasing demand. And wine grapes is third uh, with $96 million. So cauliflower and wine grapes are about even. Uh, wine grapes have gone down a little bit. They Wine grape cultivation went down about 8% from 2021. I was just interested in the in the cattle numbers because I know when I first moved here, you know, Santa Maria is kind of a known as a cattle town with the tri-tip and cattle has is really a, a smaller uh, slice of the pie, um, but they're, let's see, it's about $30 million, but they are increasing their cattle herds about 2% because the prices have gone up for, for beef. Um, I also learned um, about the berry cultivation. We have a huge amount, I guess that's included in the strawberry number, and that Rytar Industries was really involved in berries, and we ship berries all over the place. Um, I noticed we ship a lot of berries to the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, Qatar. So I, I didn't really know that. Um, and we also ship a lot to Canada and Mexico, which makes a lot of sense. Um, other, other crops that didn't make the top four were lettuce heads, Broccoli, lettuce leaves, celery, avocado, and berries. The berry farm I visited seemed to be a larger, more corporate operation and owner. They had farms all over the world in Baja, Arizona, and it was a little harder for me to get an interview. I had to go to their professional PR person, but it was a very interesting interview. Cannabis production in 2022 in the county was 260 million. 
and I notice that the cannabis is kind of crowding out the flowers in Lompoc. Also, in 2022, there was a drought in Idaho, and that meant a demand for more bean production in our valley. So I'm going to play those interviews. It was nice to see everyone out. There were tons of Hancock College students, um, plenty of people to guide you and friendly faces. It seemed like there was a lot of just booths and fairs and food. And I just enjoyed Ag Day so much, our farm day, because it just, it brings the community together. I think that, you know, I serve the workers in the farms and then, but we don't really see those operations that are out in the field unless we, um, unless we, you know, have a day like this where we can tour. Uh, this company, SEAG, or this nonprofit, they, their mission is to uh, expose people in the valley and educate them more about agriculture. And they're, they're initiating a lot of school programs. And I'm anxious to maybe explore uh, their organization for field trips. They were, their home base was over at the viticulture field at Hancock College, uh, right by the baseball fields. And they have a, a uh, viticulture um, operation there. They have a bonded winery at Hancock. And so there's a lot of agricultural education going over at the college to prepare our students for these jobs in the valley. So I hope you enjoy my interviews for Farm Day. All right, I'm here with Tony Ramirez at Plantel Nurseries, Inc. Good morning, Tony. Good morning. So today is Farm Day. This is really a day to showcase Santa Maria Valley agriculture. How do you feel? I feel great. Uh, it's a nice to be out here. Beautiful day. A lot of good people coming out to uh, check out our nursery operation, and uh, we hope to get a lot more people out here. How long have you been working at Plantel? I'm one of the first hired employees here, so I've been here for uh, 36 years now. Oh my God, that's incredible. Uh, has it grown a lot? Oh yes, we started at the little town of Gary, California back in 87. Uh, about, I don't remember the actual year, but about 10 years later, we started with our telephone road operation, or it's a fully organic uh, operation. And then uh, after that, we started our Clark facility, which is probably about six times the size of the telephone road nursery. So you're totally organic out here? The one here at telephone road is 100% organic. Wow, so what, uh, can you tell me what you guys do? Oh yeah, we do. Uh, we grow a lot of vegetable transplants for the local um, farm industry, as well as we ship uh, out as far as Arizona. We ship to Oregon, Wisconsin. So we're getting a lot of business out of out of state, and that seems to be growing uh, as well for us. But we do a lot of the local uh, farmers, and we do we have year-round schedules where we do. We start their uh, veggies like broccoli, celery, cauliflower, peppers, stuff like that. And, and, and it seems to be a booming operation for us. So you take seedlings and... and... Yes, we, we have the farmer provide us with the uh, seeds that they want us to grow for them, depending on their, their needs, their specs. And so we take those seeds and we seed them, we grow them. 
we ship them, we, we to their farms, and then after that, we also transplant the veggie plants in their farms for them. So what are your biggest sellers? Oh, you know, it depends on the farmer, but one of our biggest commodities right now is celery. Celery is one of our largest. I want to say broccoli is probably our second commodity that we uh, do a lot of business with. So what uh, have been your big successes, do you feel, over your career? Or maybe just in recent? I think uh, having a great team like uh, Plantel does and working with uh, our local farm industry, our local clients that are wonderful as well. And, you know, we, we, we work well together and we, we provide good quality transplants and they, they keep calling us back. So that, that for us has been uh, a good, a good uh, growing uh, move for us. So what have been your challenges, I guess? Uh, have the price of inputs gone up? You know, I think one of our biggest uh, impacts has been maybe uh, labor issues and not having enough labor. And then COVID. COVID was something that put dampers on on the industry in regards to uncertainties. You know, what's going to happen? Are we going to be able to harvest this? Are we going to plant this? Are we going to be able to ship this? So there's a lot of uncertainties uh, that has gone um out of the way now so we seem to be working strong and, and there's a lot of demand now so things look good for Plantel. So you have experienced labor shortages? We we have um, there's seasons you know uh, in this valley I think that when we need the labor everybody needs the labor when we have a slow season we all have the slow season so it, it, it kind of Depends on your industry. Uh, you may be doing something that is in our off season, you'll be fine, stuff like that. So what is your prime season? Uh, we are very strong. Uh, we're actually very busy throughout the year, but our strong points, our, our months is like in June through this month, September. Once we hit October, we kind of start getting back to our normality which is still very busy for us. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to pleasure to meet you and and I'm just going to I'm, I'm happy to be here on Ag Day and I'm going to go visit some other farms. Excellent. I hope you have a lot of fun. I'm here with Chase Renoir and he is from Rider Affiliated Companies and good morning, Chase. Good morning. So, we're here at Farm Day. Boy, you have a big spread. You have a it's like almost like a fair here. Uh, it very much is. Yeah, we've got uh, local vendors from throughout the area and, um, you know, food here. We got tours. We got the whole whole deal going on. So what is someone going to see on the tour today? Uh, so we've got uh, a couple local vendors, like I said, mainly, uh, you know, within obviously the ag space. So we've got, uh, you know, RDO who does water management here. We've got Driscoll's who's handing out uh, local fruit that's grown here in the Santa Maria area. Uh, we've got uh, our own group, which we call Biological Farming Solutions, that's uh, got a lot of products within the realm of like sustainable farming. So um, trying to eliminate the use of, you know, fertilizers and pesticides as much as we can through biological farming. Um, and then a couple other local vendors, uh, History Museum, uh, CFF, kind of along the healthcare realm too. 
What does that look like? You said biological farming methods to uh, reduce the amount of pesticides. What does that look like? Uh, so it's uh, it's basically using biological organisms to fight you know pathogens in the soil that are harmful to plants. Right? Is that like ladybugs? Uh, it would be yeah. You could say ladybugs would be one of them. Uh, ladybugs isn't something we necessarily use in berries, um, but that would be a good a good example of. Um, you know, using beneficials uh, naturally to mitigate pests, yes. So what is your relationship with Driscoll Farms? Because I know in the Valley, people might be more familiar with that uh, name. Sure, yeah. So our company, uh, Rider Affiliated Companies, has a couple different entities, and we focus primarily on farming. So we're on the operations side of the business. Driscoll's is the marketer, seller, breeder of the varieties that we grow. So Driscoll's develops a proprietary genetics, you know, our company, Rider Affiliated, farms them, and then Driscoll's has the exclusive rights to sell that fruit into the marketplace because they're the breeding company that developed them. And I was looking at some of your literature. It looks like you operate all over the world. Uh, yeah, we do, as long with Driscoll's. So Rider has farming operations throughout California, Baja, Central Mexico, uh, parts of Europe, um, and even expanding into China now too. And then Driscoll's also has um, partnerships in those, or not partnerships, but different business units in those areas too. So Driscoll's of Europe, um, Australia, um, Mexico, and the U.S. too. What kind of volume do you do here in the Valley? Are you, do you know? Uh, not per se, but we're, we're primarily producers of blackberries and, and strawberries here. There are uh, raspberries and blueberries throughout the area, but our company specifically focuses on on blackberries. So we have right around 500 acres of, of blackberries and a couple hundred acres of, of strawberries. Now I hear that they export strawberries very quickly to other countries. They put them on a plane at the airport, or what does that look like? Totally, yeah. They go on uh, special little airport uh, pallets and um, you know, Santa Maria likely gets shipped out of LAX, Northern California gets shipped out of uh, San Francisco, but yeah, they, uh, they will, will grow, you know, specific varieties harvested in specific intervals to different markets, um, Europe, Middle East, uh, China, kind of all over the world. What kind of, what, what would you say some of your successes have been over in recent years? Uh, I mean, I think, um, some of the big successes I think we've had internally is, is some of the strategies we've developed internally to support our, our frontline employees. So, you know, farming, I was telling a group we were just doing on a tour uh, a little bit ago that, you know, making the plants turn green is, you know, probably the easier part of the job. It's the managing the people that makes it really tough, right? Um, and so uh, making sure we have enough people to harvest our crops is, is a really important part. And I think we've worked really hard as a company um, in partnership with our HR department to develop strategies to support our frontline employees. You know, make sure they're they're happy and healthy and safe, and their earnings are really good, and they want to be employed here and they want to work with our company. And so, I think that's been a really big key success. I think there's been breakthroughs on the growing side. I think um, the genetic development of blackberries has really improved the you know delight element of it in the marketplace, and also the growing element out in the field. But um, you know, that's always stuff that's going to involve. I think the stuff that's related to employees and how we engage with our harvesters is probably some of the, the biggest, most proudest work I think we've done. Yeah, I'm a third grade teacher over at Robert Bruce, and I, I teach the children of a lot of your workers. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> and so there has been challenges. What, what does the labor side look like? Um, I, I'm sure that's a challenge for all the, the growers in the valley. 
Uh, definitely. I think um, California labor uh, has been a challenge over the last five years. Uh, I think uh, there's only a finite amount of people here that are, are, are willing and, and want to harvest crops. And so as a company, we want to develop a strategy to where we uh, have a competitive advantage on that, that if there are only going to be so many workers, uh, if they do want to be here, they want to be with us. You know, they want to be with us because they know they're going to have a good environment to work in. They're going to be paid um, more than fairly for the work they're doing, and they're going to be provided services that they might not get at another company. And so kind of winning the labor war is a little bit about, you know, making sure you're doing the right things and you're engaging with your frontline employees as much as possible. All right. Thank you so much, Chase. Pleasure to meet you. You bet. Thank you. I'm here with Stan Otrumba, and he is from Bonnie Pack. Uh, what does Bonnie Pack do, Stan? Uh, Bonnie Pack is a uh, vegetable grower here on the central coast of Santa Maria and in Arizona. Um, we farm about 25,000 acres of vegetables. Um, we supply all the major retailers across the United States. And what kind of products do you produce? Uh, broccoli, cauliflower, celery, leafy items, lettuce, spinach, cilantro, and we produce some berries as well. So what kind of volume do you do here in the valley? We ship about 165 truckloads a day, which is about 21 to 22 million cartons a year. Wow, and I see, is there a cooling facility here as well? Correct, yeah, so we have a 160,000 square foot uh, state-of-the-art facility. We own and operate a fleet of uh, trucks. Uh, we do our own delivery. Um, about 30% of our, our product is delivered. So what, what do you feel like the successes of your company have been in the, in the recent uh, years? I think the success goes back. I mean, we've been around since 1932. Here in the Valley? In the Valley, yes, yeah. since 1932. So we're in the fourth generation. As big of a company as we are, you know, for a farming company with our vegetables, we're probably fourth largest in the United States. It's family owned? Family owned, correct. We're in the fourth generation. And that's unheard of in, in farming. Usually you go two generations and then they kind of dissipate. Um, we're in our fourth generation. I think that's the credit, you know. You, you work hard, um, you take care of your employees. And when, when COVID hit, um, we were a tight family as it was, and so it just became a little bit tighter, and I think that's how these, these folks weathered the storm. What is the name of your family? It's the Farini and Ardance families. And what have been the challenges that you've really been facing? Um, you know, it's the same thing. It's regulatory, um, whether it's, it's land use, um, and then the other thing is, is uh, labor. You know, 50% of our input is labor. And so when you walk around our facilities and into our fields, that's what we focus on is, is reduction in labor. Do you have a peak season? No, it's it, wow. year round. is It's same, um, you know, the, the retail customers, they buy consistently year round. Obviously for Thanksgiving, we have an increase in celery and cabbage during St. Patrick's Day. But overall, it's, it's the same day in, day out. How many workers do you have here? Uh, a little over 2,000. Yeah, and predominantly H-2A workers. So we provide housing, transportation, and meals for these folks. Um, they're Vision Dental 401k. Um, so basically they come here on a work visa um, and we provide a place for them to stay, four meals a day, and they make a really good wage. Do you operate some of that housing on, uh, on Broadway? Correct. Wow, that's your company? Uh, there's multiple, multiple facilities that we have, yeah. All right, All right thank you so much. Thank you. All right, thank you.
had the pleasure of going to a concert at the Siren in Morro Bay last Thursday night, and and I went with my best friend Robert. Uh, his unfortunately, his dad passed away the day before, and and the artist was James Hunter, and Robert just adores James Hunter, and and was kind of questioning whether he was able to attend, but he made the decision to come. And I was just really happy to share this time with him just right after his dad's passing. And, and I want to give it up to Robert Sr. Robert Sr. Sr. immigrated from Mexico when he was a child. And he was a migrant farm worker. And he moved around a lot. And when he, he met a girl from Santa Maria, and, he, and the girl said, you got to move here. And he was happy to do it because... He was just tired of moving, and he bought his house for $12,000, and and he died in that house as well. Robert worked his whole career as a custodian in the Santa Maria School District, and he was just the salt of the earth. He was was active in the church. He was always helping people. He was the type of guy that would wake up in the morning— and take a shower, comb his hair, and shave, and he always looked great, and uh, just a great family, and it was really great to share this time with Robert. The artist at the Siren was James Hunter, and he is out of the soul tradition of British soul retro. He's a crooner, kind of like Tom Jones, um, really unusual. The la- I saw him a couple years ago before COVID, and he was strumming a nylon string guitar. And this time he was a, a lot more electric, playing a Gibson, really playing some good, intricate guitar solos. And it's, it's very interesting to see what artists are doing these days, trying to please a diverse audience like so there was a lot of electric there was a little acoustic he even played a retro number and 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 just a real pro and someone that's just touring and bringing this kind of soul music uh british soul to our area the big surprise was the warm-up band and they were called los tranquillos and they had a similar style. It's Spanish language, a lot of harmony, and some psychedelic, uh, maybe kind of like the Beatles. Uh, great guitar playing. And I, I looked up there, and the, the lead guitar player and singer, his name was Manny. And I'm, and I'm like, that guy looks familiar. It turns out that he was in a band, Umo, that played on the Friday Farmer's Markets a lot. And it, they actually played a gig at my house at the first annual River Oaks Music Festival, and boy, they came in and they just blew us away. I just had no idea, and Manny comes from a musical family and really is pro. They had a manager, and it looks like they're ready to go with this band, Los Tranquillos. I want to also compliment the siren. It used to be a lot of standing room only. Uh, There's more tables. It was a mellow crowd, uh, kind of a medium attendance. So what a pleasure to get up to Morro Bay and to discover 
this new band, Los Tranquillos. So I am going to try to get him down here and maybe get Manny on the mic. So here's a little James Hunter. the end of another episode of the Cowboy Jeff and Andy podcast. I can be reached on Facebook at Andy Watson and we are on Gmail at Cowboy Jeff and Andy at gmail.com all lowercase. So I'll see you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>